You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. In the fall each year we all congregate The mouth all gathered at the church of Pilgrim The scriptures reading from the book of Monson Our favorite verse, my God, of precious Drunk and obnoxious, what children face Ain't nothing finer in the land now the 3,000 of our best friends It's Saturday in that thing Welcome to the Saturday in Athens podcast. We're a Georgia Bulldogs show by dogs fans for dogs fans. I'm your host, Herschel Gurley. Joined as always by my co-host, Boss Dog. And Boss, as we tape this today, we are two days away from Big New Saturday. This will release on Friday tomorrow, which will be the release of Homefield Apparel's shirt of the week for their Georgia t-shirt reveal. Homefield is kind enough to be our sponsor this episode this week. And part of the reason for that is because we are so fired up about this Big New Saturday release. And we got a peek at the shirts this week. Scale of one to 10, how excited are you about it? Man, I'm super excited. Probably 10, 11, 12. I mean, I love vintage stuff. If you're a fan of that, you're going to love these shirts. Yeah, they're going to be really sharp. I'm really excited to see what the shirt of the week will be. I think everybody's going to dig it. Plus, it's kind of, you know, like a little taste, something to wet the whistle as we're counting down here to to the opener in the Duke's Mayo kickoff classic. So I think that's going to be awesome. You know, if you guys aren't familiar with them, Homefield is a uh, premium collegiate apparel brand based out of Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, they put out really comfortable shirts. Um, the first shirt of theirs I ever bought was when they partnered up with Duke's Mayo, when Duke's took over uh, the Belk Bowl sponsorship in North Carolina, and which has then transitioned into the, uh, kickoff classic which the dogs are obviously playing in, in a few weeks um, and they released the, the duke's mayo ambassador shirts which are fantastic and uh, a beautiful shade of yellow so i love wearing those out showing how much i love dukes and how much we love home field so it's going to be awesome and kind of as i think as a kicker for being a saturday in athens listener you have the opportunity to get 15 percent off of your first purchase with home field when you get to the checkout just type in the discount code saturday in athens and it'll take 15% off your order, which I think Boston are probably prepared to spend a mint on it. So we're going to be using our own code. I mean, I'm going to be popping the Saturday night. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and maybe you'll see boss rocking one of these shirts on the, on the internet here with his luscious mane of hair and 
his glorious beard, he's going to look excellent and only to be accented and highlighted by an awesome home field apparel shirt. So be on the lookout for that guys. There are going to be, I believe 14 shirts. Am I remembering that right? 14 shirts that are going to be available. Up. I think it's 13 and one sweatshirt, something like that. Oh, okay. So we're going to have some, something good coming out here. So we're excited about that. And so everybody check that out. That will be releasing Saturday, August 14th at noon is big new Saturday for the dogs with home field apparel. You're going to go to homefieldapparel.com on big new Saturday, August 14th at noon. And once again, when you get to the, to the checkout counter there, make sure and put in the discount code Saturday in Athens, homefieldapparel.com. Big new Saturday. Check it out. Uh, our coin flip today, since boss and I last talked, legendary Florida State head coach Bobby Bowden passed away. Boss and I were both, you know, gutted to hear that news and just kind of wanted to, to talk about that a little bit. Obviously, the history of college football is not what it is without Coach Bowden and certainly not the history of Georgia football, especially over the last 20 years without Coach Bowden. So just want to know your thoughts on that, boss. First, I mean, you just said it. college football would not be what it is without him. Everything that's going on in the landscape of college football today, he set the precedent for that with Florida State. The I'll play you anytime, anywhere. I'm going to bring my team and I'm going to kick your ass. That, that was his mentality. And he started that with Florida State back in what the late 70s. Uh, the late 70s, early 80s. And I mean, that kind of stopped for a little bit. And now it's coming back with you know the playoff system where, you know, teams got to make their schedule tougher to get the chance to get in the playoffs. But I mean, he started that way back then. And I mean, I, no, granted, full disclosure, I'm not a Florida State fan, was not a Florida State fan. I mean, I know your brother Jeff loves Florida State, huge Bowden fan, but I mean, you respect the guy. I mean, he was the team in the 90s that you, you loved to hate because of they were the dom one of those dominant programs. They were like the Yankees or the Cowboys in the nineties. You just, you wanted, you couldn't stand them because they were just always there. They were always in the top five. They were always going to be right there fighting for the national championship. But I mean, he's, I mean, he is one of the greatest coaches of all time and you can't disclose that. And he laid the groundwork and the foundation for that. And I mean, obviously, you know, Georgia football wouldn't have had the renaissance they did in the early 2000s if it wasn't for him. I mean, Mark Richt comes from the Bowden tree. Without question, I mean, Georgia's renaissance started when Richt came and took over in, in 01. So, I mean, we, we can't discount his influence on Georgia football. That 15-year run that Richt had wouldn't have happened if he didn't learn from Bowden. Yeah, Coach Rick was fortunate enough to start out his career as a graduate assistant with Coach Bowden in the 80s and ended up coming back after I think one or two coaching stops in the interim. And then for the entire decade of the nineties um, coached at Florida state first as the quarterbacks coach. And then he transitioned into dual role as quarterbacks coach and offensive coordinator. And I mean, that's, that's pretty much what I remember those teams for. I mean, their, their defenses were obviously fast and furious, but those offenses, man, were just unstoppable. I mean, they were high flying, scored a ton of points. And I think high flying in an era of college football outside of Steve Spurrier in Florida, that wasn't the case, you know? I mean, the powers in the 90s, exactly. think about like Nebraska running the triple option. Nebraska. And, yeah. yeah. So um, you think about the Tommy Frazier Nebraska teams and Scott Frost and all those type things, just different, different era, you know? So uh, yeah, I, I was sad to hear that. And what struck me, I thought what was most pointing about 
all the tributes that came out after word of his passing came out was that, you know, brother, a lot of them weren't about football. It wasn't about, Oh, he was this great tactician. Oh, he was a mastermind. It was really about how he had affected people and how he made people feel. And boy, I thought that was a strong Testament to his life and something I think we could all aspire to and be proud of if that's how we were remembered. So um, obviously we will cover the Bowden family in prayers and, and hope that they can find some peace in what, what I know has to be a, a really, really difficult time. This week's Saturday Nights at Six Pack brought to you by our good friends at Southern Brewing Company. I mean, look, y'all, there's certain beers that just hit the spot. You've got the first beer at the tailgate, the first tea shot of the day beer, the on a boat beer, the standing by the grill smoking meat beer, the taping a podcast beer, and me and Boss's personal favorite, the the dogs just beat Florida in the cocktail party, celebratory beer. But whichever beer you're drinking, So Bruco's got you covered. Personally, some of my favorites are the 7 a.m. because, you know, like the tailgate is a marathon, so I got to have something a little lighter. When it's hot out, I like the red and black, or maybe just as a little refresher for me and boss after we're chasing our broods of kids around. I feel like the hobnail every day of the week is always a good call because I just kind of envision Larry Munson narrating me drinking it. If you're going to drink beer, drink the beer that's Athens born and Southern made. Cheers, y'all. Now, let's pop some tops. Let's get into the Saturday Night Athens Sixer this week. Obviously, we are just about done week one of Georgia's fall camp. And the, I would say the biggest news that has come out. So let's, let's pop top one. The biggest news that has come out of camp has been that Scott Cochran has special teams coach. Scott Cochran has stepped away from the program. Uh, Coach smart released a statement just saying that coach Cochran was taking time away to address his mental health and um, get himself healthy. And first and foremost, we obviously just wish coach Cochran the best and hope that he, is able to do that and get healthy. Obviously your, your health and well-being is of paramount importance. Um, so we hope that he's able to take care of that and get himself in a good place for himself and for his family. Um, but w- what were your thoughts when you heard the news? I mean, I, I admittedly am not deep into the message board, so I hadn't heard rumblings or anything like that. So I was very taken aback when I saw the news. I just was very surprised. Uh, but w- what were your thoughts? Well, I am deep in the message board, and I still was taken aback by it. But first and foremost, we have to remember these are people at the end of the day. You know, yes, these are larger than life people to most of us, and we're fans first, but these are still people, and they have to do what's best for them. And that is what's most important. And uh, if he has to take the season or two years or three years, and if he never comes back, I mean, you know, wishing the best. Let's be realistic. I mean, this is Kirby's, if not his best friend, one of his best friends, and Kirby's going to do what's best for Scott. So I have no doubt in my mind that Kirby knew about this, you know, well before it came to pass and was prepared for it. And I mean, maybe that's why Champ came here when we don't know that, but maybe that's why. But neither here nor there. I don't think the team is really going to be affected. Like they're going to miss him. They're going to miss him. I don't think and his energy, I mean, is just, but I don't think long-term that this is going to have a huge effect on this season. Like I know like 
Georgia fans are so accustomed to the, oh, here we go again mentality. And, you know, last August, right around this time, you know, Newman announced he was um, opting out of the season. So they, they're taking this as the omen for the season, that this is the first domino to fall. And it's just like, come on, guys, really, you know, just, you know, th- this isn't the same situation. This is a guy who has an issue. We don't know what it is. Just let the guy you know, deal with his issue. It's none of our business. It's his life. It's his personal issue. Just because he's a coach for our favorite football team doesn't mean we need to know about it. So let's enjoy the season. Let's look forward to the season. Let, Champ's going to come in and do just fine with the special teams, and let's move on and let him deal with his own issue and hope he comes back next year better than ever. I, you know, I to your point, man, It's this is a human thing, and – uh, you just want Coach Cochran to be healthy. I mean, that that's just the end-all, be-all for me. It's as simple as that. I The on-field stuff, I could really care less about. I mean, that, that's going to happen and go on regardless. Will he be missed? I'm sure, absolutely. I mean, he's a dynamic personality. The players love him, all those things. But this is about the health of, you know, an individual. And I think at all times that has to be the the top of the chart. So, yeah, man, I he he just take as much time as he needs, get himself right. And then if the the right path for him personally is to come back and coach Georgia or coach somewhere else, awesome. But, you know, the most important thing here is that, that he stays healthy for himself and for his family. So we are obviously wishing him the best and, and wish him all the, the care and well-being he can get. Um, as a transition off of that, I think necessarily, so let's pop top number two, is, and you brought it up, it was announced that Coach Muschamp is going to step into his shoes as the on-field coach. It wasn't really specified that he's going to be the dedicated special teams coach. It was just more that he will be the on-field coach taking uh, Coach Cochran's place. And I I think there's a couple things to that. Number one, and I'm sure it was like this last year in Scott Cochran's first year as special teams coach. This is something probably that all of the staff has their hands in, the special teams piece of things. So I think that'll continue to be the case. But then the other piece of that is you now have a guy who's been a head coach and a defensive coordinator at multiple big-time programs that's going to be one of your on-field assistants. And you see this in the pro game a lot, but I think you see it in the college game too. The more coaches that you can have on your staff that are elite, the better, right? It's no different than your player roster. And I don't think anybody would argue – you can say what you want about him as a head coach, but as a pure football coach, Muschamp's elite. That's why he's gotten two head jobs in the SEC is because he's got that special sauce. And I think it's such a benefit for Georgia football to have somebody like that who was in an off-field role and you're just able to slot him in. I mean, that's that's a gift, right? So, um, so yeah, I'm interested to see how that's going to play out. But the early returns seem good and the, the – players seem to be comfortable and good with him as well. I mean, is that your take on it too? Yeah. The only downside, and I won't even say this is a downside to champ coming on, coming on the field is the fiery personalities. I I know him and Kirby are close, but their personalities on the field would seem to clash if it ever came to it. I don't, I don't know why I don't know why I could see them butting heads. I mean, I could be completely wrong. I just imagine two coaches like in yelling and spit flying, like, you know, but at each other, not, you know, not necessarily players. I mean, completely off in my own head probably, but I just, uh, that's just what I see. 
we expected this to be in the, in the coming years, not necessarily, we just didn't expect it to be this year. We expected this to be the plan short, long-term, not short-term. So this is something we talked about when he came into the, um, to the off-field role that this was going to happen eventually. So it's just more so. And like you said, it's not that he's probably not going to be the designated special teams coach. And last year, even though Cochran was the designated special teams coach, a lot of people probably had their hands in it and all they need is high energy people to be constantly, you know, on the special teams guys. And, you know, most of the time the kickers and the snappers and everything, they're kind of off doing their own thing anyway. And it's more for, you know, punt kick kickoff and stuff like that is when they're, you know, setting everything up in their, their schemes. So what you're saying is we're going to have to have a second restraint guy. So coach Sinclair yeah, oh is going to yeah. be on coach Sinclair is going to be man. He's going to have, have to have a second he's guy. Gonna be, He's gonna be Mister Fantastic, you know, have the, the long arms and stuff, and going out maybe, there and maybe, getting both of them. Maybe Jarvis Jones will, will have to be no. Camp's <laughs> restraint man. Yeah, that's great. Uh, that's that's funny. All right, so top number three, I want to talk about a bit of news out of um, of camp, which was, and this is right in your wheelhouse, the news of the Warren Erickson in, injury. So I believe injury to the hand. Is that what we're hearing? Yeah. Yeah, that's what all the sites are coming out and saying and reporting is that he hurt his hand. And, I mean, everything I've seen is they're saying they don't think it's super, super serious. couple weeks are like the progress, projections I've seen. So I think the expectation is he should be healthy for the opener. I guess what gave me pause was is, and I think you talked about this a little bit last episode, is that even though he's the returning guy, he's still taking on heat and competition, right? So if he's losing two weeks of camp, do you think that now makes that position completely up for grabs? Or do you think it's a, as soon as he's healthy, he walks back in? I said this a few weeks ago, they're going to put the best five out there, the best five combination unit out there. And what's surprising me is, is what I've been reading is that who's been the center a little bit has, I mean, it's been SVP um, vampire and Granger has been slotted into that, that role, but Salyer's been getting a lot of reps there too. I've read that. Yeah. I saw that too, which is and interesting. So that kind of goes against our, our whole talk of whether he's going to bump back out to the left tackle. Yeah. Yeah. So, I wonder what the, I wonder what the impetus is with obviously that they're, their, I guess, preference is to have him on the interior. It seems like, right. Whether it's at guard or, at center, I mean, do you think it's just an athleticism thing? Like they just think he's a great athlete and can do things in the trap game and all those type things, or or what? Yeah, I also think part of it is is length. I think I think it's just you know, I mean, last year, I mean, he was he's a good left tackle, but he's just not. He doesn't have the length that Isaiah Wynn had when he played left tackle. Isaiah was a small left tackle and yeah. didn't have the long arms. And Jamari, I'm pretty sure has shorter le- arms, like wingspan, than he does. So I think that I think that that's a bigger concern um, at this time is the, is the the length, not necessarily the athleticism for him being out on the wing. But you got Tate Ratledge, Clay Webb, like all these people that have come in, and I mean they love Ratledge. You look at the guy; I mean, he just looks like a you know 1980s Georgia offensive lineman. You know, well, dude, so I mean, with, with, with their, it's going to be hard hair, to keep these guys off the field. With their hairstyles, he looks like Boss like, 2.0 now because. Oh, he's, got say, he's, he's, he's got he a does. mullet. He, I don't have a mullet. No, I'm talking about the actual boss, like David Andrews. Oh, like, did oh, you see David, David Andrews training oh, David Andrews. pictures? Oh. Yeah, 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 oh, that's great. Oh. I did. 
<laughs> Tate Ratlett should be so lucky to look like my my Sterling co-host over here. I, he ain't hit he ain't hit that point yet, homie. Oh come on, come on. All right, let, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, I, I think that's something to track though, because I think that was the unit that I think most people have their eyeballs on, anyways, is the line, and so you take the quarterback of the line out of the equation. I think that's something to watch, right? I mean, I, yeah, we'll, we'll kind of have to see where that progresses and where that goes, but I'm real interested to see how that progresses when he gets back and what the reports are coming out of camp over the next couple of weeks. Um, speaking of quarterbacks, let's pop top number four. I want to get into JT Daniels and look, I know everybody talks about JT, but did you happen to see the snippet of his interview on the Marty McGee show where he was talking about his mental health? Mm-hmm. Oh man, it's a must watch. Well, maybe we'll pop the link in to the show notes for this, but he sat down with Marty McGee and it looked like it was at SEC media days. And I don't know why the clip was so, um, so late trickling out, but he has this three minute snippet where he talks about his mental health during last season and how he was having a really hard time dealing with not getting to play and the injury and all those type things and ended up linking up and having to go seek out help from Georgia sports psychologist. And man, it was really powerful. Like it was a really, I thought, frank and honest conversation from him and showed so much self-awareness and it's, it's worth a watch for sure. But I kind of pivot, I tell that story to then tell this. He just seems very comfortable in his own shoes right now. And I think from the person who you're looking to be the alpha and the leader of your program, that's a really good sign because he's not putting on any fronts. He's not trying to be somebody he's not. He's just, Hey, look, this is me. These are the things I've dealt with. This is how I've figured things out. And this is how I'm going to be moving forward. And I think what that does, that authenticity is giving him license to not just ask, but demand excellence from his teammates, right? With a license to do so because he has all of their respect. And I don't think it's any small thing that like, dude, when he's post stuff on social, have you noticed like half the players are sharing it? And I know part of that is the culture now, like the guys share their stuff, but dude, it just seems like that team is all in on him as their quarterback. Like, have you gotten that feeling in this offseason? I have. I think that he is unquestionably the guy, not just of the offense, but of the team. He is the alpha in that room. They will go to bat and they will go to war for him. There is no doubt in my mind that they will, you know, go through hell for him. Yeah, I agree with that, man. I just, I get this feeling that they are just a tight group. Like they just seem to like each other and may look, man, maybe some of that's just a product of the fact that to Kirby's point at media days, they just didn't get to spend time together last year. Right. Like they were cordoned off and they were sectioned off into position groups and they were trying to do limited groups. So the contract, tracing would be contact tracing would be limited if there was something to pop up and all those things right and they're the clamps are off of that a little bit and they're getting to interact with each other 
And I don't know, man, it just seems like they like each other. And, and who knows, man, maybe that's a bunch of foo-foo stuff and it doesn't matter, but I think it matters. I think chemistry, especially in football, really, really matters. And I think if these guys will go to bat for each other and, you know, I just, man, I don't know. I just have a good feeling about where things are setting up and, and all the verbiage and language that's coming out of camp so far. Um, kind of a pivot off of that. Dude, I feel like Kendall Milton and getting a lot of love, not just from the stuff that's trickling out of camp, but also you see Cole Kubiak picked him as his number one impact player, kind of breakout yeah. player for the SEC. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I just think that running back room is so loaded. Like, I don't disagree. Dude, Kendall's awesome. And I don't even think he was really, if he was truthful about it, was never 100% healthy all last fall. And he still was a grown man as a freshman. And that's only going to get better with a full offseason and, like, confidence and all those things. But let's not forget about my boy. Dude, Kenny McIntyre is – Yeah, boy, he's real. So – I don't know. I feel like nobody's talking about Kenny. Nobody's really talking about Zeus. <laughs> I don't know, man. That room is just stacked and packed. So I, we, we said this over the summer. I just don't know if they have enough footballs on me. Like they got so much talent everywhere in that offensive room. I just, I don't know how they're going to distribute the darn football. Like so many guys could be a guy somewhere else. And they're all going to be sharing touches, man. I mean, that's a great problem for Georgia to have, right? But Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. Well, speaking of dudes and guys, I want to pop top number five with you on some news from the opponent. It was announced this week officially by Clemson that Justin Ross is cleared to go. He's cleared to roll, which I think that was the expectation, right? I think we yeah. kind of figured that was going to happen, but it's official now. He's, he's cleared to go, and – does that pique your interest at all? Is that just, oh, yeah, whatever. I, that was what we all kind of thought and knew was that he was going to be healthy and play. Or do you think that's a, a weapon that Georgia really needs to focus on and take away as they're game planning defensively for the opener? Well, I think that they knew that he was going to be cleared. And I think they've been game planning. When they've been game planning, I think they figured that he was going to be cleared and have been had that figured into their game plan on defense for some time. I don't think that they ever thought that he wasn't going to get cleared. I think it would have been more of a shock if he didn't get cleared actually, but we don't really know what Justin Ross is going to be like at yeah. this point in time. So is he going to be what he was before the injury or is he going to be 80%, 70%? Like we just don't know. I mean, as a Georgia fan, I mean, I, I, I hope the kid, you know, is, I mean, as a, as a fan of college football, I hope the kid is recovered and I hope he has a stellar career. But on September 4th, I hope he does absolutely nothing. So kind of a pivot point off of that. That's kind of a subtopic to, uh, to top number five. Also coming out of camp this week that Marcus Rosemey Jack Saint is healthy and cleared to go, but that Dom is still not fully cleared to go. And I think the most surprising one was that Kiaris is dealing with a knee injury and is not full go. That caught me a little off guard because I'm telling you, man, you talk about people getting slept on. Dude, Kiaris is the leading returning receiver for Georgia football. And, like, I just feel like that's kind of getting pushed under the rug, right? Like, oh, yeah, Kiaris will be fine. Like, I, I think that's a big deal that he's hurt. Like, I think that's a bigger story 
from a narrative perspective than it's being made out to be. Now, look, maybe it's a minor injury and that's why it's not getting talked about, but I'm just talking about the importance of him being healthy. Like Kyrus Jackson being healthy for this season is important. I just want that to be out there. Well, it's, it's not that he was just the leading receiver. He was the leading kick returner, punt returner. Yeah. He was, <laughs> he was a jack of all trades last year. And yeah, he is the leader of the room. So that's also unquestionable. He is a key cog in that offense and needs to be healthy for week one. I mean, the whole season, but you know, definitely week one. We can't, you know, be putting in a new kick returner and pump returner and slot receiver. And Dom, I mean, God, he, you know, every he wanted to come from Georgia day one, shut down his recruitment, and he's just, you know, had some bad luck. I really hope that, you know, he gets healthy at some point this year and is able to come in and play. But the way it's sounding, I'm not so sure we're going to see Dom, you know, until midseason. Yeah, I – and I'll be honest with you. I'm okay with that. I would rather him be full go and ready. And maybe I'm okay with that because the depth is what it is. But I don't want any of them pushing it. I want them to all be healthy when they play. And that goes for Kiaris too. Like, I, I want them to be ready to go. I don't want it to be this thing where oh, I'm like 90. I need to push it and get back in. Like I want those kids to be healthy before they, they strap it up and go. Um, all right. Top number six. We're going to do Saturday in Athens sixer. I'm about to hit boss with one. He didn't know about it, but that's just right in your wheelhouse, right in your wheelhouse. It kind of hit me right before we got on here. So we're going to roll with it. Okay. I want you to give me your all right. six, six, Saturday morning cartoons from like your oh, whole life. Jesus. Like if you were, if you were, if you were lining up, I guess, what would that be? Three hours, a half hour cartoons. So three hours of nonstop Saturday morning cartoons. What's the boss man six. All right. <laughs> I'm an eighties kid. So they're probably all going to be eighties cartoons. I'm going to start with number one and then the other five can be in any particular order. Yeah. Okay. I'm all right with that. I'm good with that. Okay. Number one. And is Transformers hands down, no questions asked. I still watch 80s Transformers with my kids today. I still play with Transformers with my kids today. No questions asked. Transformers is number one. All right. Two through six, any particular order. Got to have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Any yep. iteration other than the crap that is on TV right now, anything through like 2012 was still pretty good. Yep. Thundercats. Yeah, that's a good one. Silverhawks. Oh. He-Man, Masters of the Universe. Whatever oh, it's. Hmm. Yep. That's a good six. one. Six. God, that's a tough one. Six. I think a six. I don't know. Then I'd probably start over again. Probably because probably I'd be illegally recording that crap. I'd probably start over with another one. Those are five in my wheelhouse right there. I'll tell you my list. I, I'm not going to put them in any order because I don't know if I could order them because I, I like all of them, but I'm going, I'm going DuckTales. Your boy loved him some Scrooge McDuck, just taking, taking laps in his, his vault of gold coins. I just think that's laugh out loud funny. Did you watch the reboot? Yes. With my, with my yeah. son. Yeah. Yeah. Did I, you I, like I, it? I, well, I liked it. I thought it was great. Yeah, I thought it was great. I, you know, I like the old ones better. Of I'm going to go. Yeah, but for nostalgia purposes, it was great. Yeah. 
I'm going to go just like you. I'm going Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But for me, it's got to be in that like 92 to 96 pocket. Like that's what I need. I need those episodes. Like those were my favorite. Um, so I, that's mm-hmm. what I want to go on those. And then I am also going to go Marvel X-Men from the 90s. I like that a lot too. Like the cartoon version, like dude, pre the movies. That's number six for me. Yeah. I forgot about that. That That's great. Yo, yeah. yeah the, that's the best iteration were... still of the, the Phoenix character. <laughs> yeah. That, that was real good. So that would be on my list. Absolutely. See, I go back and forth on this. Cause I like stay in that pocket too. Cause I love all the superhero stuff. So like dude, Thundercats. That was, that's, I think that's gotta be on my list. I think that would be disingenuous for that not to be on my list. So that's going to go on there for sure. So what am I at there? Four? Is that four? Yeah, it's four. All right. So I think for five, I'm probably going to have to go Flintstones, homie. I used to love me some Flintstones. You just gave me some Fred and Barney Rubble. I'm here for that. I never was as much into the Jetsons, though. So I'm going to go Flintstones on that. But this is, this is probably my number one. Like you had number one, and then it was kind of the rest of the group. Your boy loved him some Captain Planet. I mean, you just gave me Captain Planet every day of the week and twice on Sunday, and I'm I'm ready to roll on that. Okay, and it has nothing to do with like the environmentalist agenda. Uh, It it world class theme song. Like maybe the maybe our intro to the show this week should be the Captain Planet theme song. People are fired up and like, what is going on here? Oh my God. I mean, I just think that would be so excellent. Maybe we need to make a Captain Planet themed Saturday Nassets t-shirt. What a what a phenomenal. Have you seen the folks that go all out and do like the, the Halloween costume for Captain Planet? Like with the green hair, the yeah. whole deal. Oh yeah. I mean yeah. that. And that's like one, and I don't know if because like I don't know who had that. Maybe Hanna Barbera or who who it was, but like it's not, it's not a cartoon that you can just roll in and watch on one of the streaming services. Because I've tried to tell my kids about it. I'm like, dude, there was, this, there was this show called Captain Planet. And these kids had these rings. And they had to put the rings together for Captain Planet to come out. And he'd fight all these bad guys. Remember Gaia was like the... Uh, she was like the Zoltron from Power Rangers. She was like the equivalent. Yeah. Like, she was the, yeah, yeah, she was the yeah. one they would like go to when there was a real problem. And they couldn't yeah, figure yeah, out what was yeah. going on with Captain Planet. Yeah, anyways. I'm going down a real Good rabbit hole here. But... Yeah, so that's those are my six. I'm going with those six. Maybe I'll maybe I'll maybe. refresh that. Oh, list, I got I'm... my number six. I got a different number six. All right, All right. hit me with it. Exo Squad. Did you ever watch Exo Squad in the nope. '90s? Nope. I didn't watch. It. Oh, no. dude, you know another that one was about? like what? GI Joe. Yeah, I never. I, I, eh. oh, it was okay. I used, to, I used to dig that one, brother. I like the toys. But not 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 really into the to the cartoon that much. Unless Snake Eyes was in it, I didn't really care. I love yeah. Snake Eyes, but didn't really care about the actual like all the other characters. Are kind of eh. yeah, I can, I could see that. That was that was one for me though. I I yeah I used to dig that one too. Man, I could I could go down the catalog on this. EXO, huh? I get it. Why to watch that? So I liked it because there was actual. It was like about war and. Like it's actually about war, but there was actual real consequence. Like main characters actually died in the in it. You know, for it was like, how is this a children's show? Like it came out when we were like nine and ten, and I remember uh, watching it, being like, 
what is going on here? Like in like the first like 10 episodes, like two of the main characters died or who you thought were the main characters. Brother, it was a different animal in the 80s and 90s. Like cartoon game was just wild, wild west. Like now this yeah, stuff is like so watered down. I watch the stuff my kids are watching. I'm like, what is this? This is just, <laughs> I mean, Garbage. like, what? I can't even, why do you want to watch this? Like they don't have, they have no idea what good entertainment is. I'll just put it that way. All right. <laughs> I like that list. That might send me down. This might send me down a weekend cartoon rabbit hole. Also, let's just notate all of those shows are inherently better if while you are watching them, you are eating some form of sugary cereal. Agree? Agreed. Maybe. Oh, that's one we'll have to do. That that'll be another. We'll do six cereals. That'll be a good episode. That'll that'll be the sixer. I can I can already tell you what. I can already tell you what. I can already tell you my number one's gonna be, and it's just a goat. It'll never change. But dude, you remember you used to get that used to get the boxes. I guarantee you the little mini boxes. They come in like a pack. Yeah, yeah. There'd be like there'd be like eight and yeah. one, and you're you're always trying to get I the good you ones my first. One, I still... mm, man, I'm got a hankering for some cereal. All right, we gotta stop talking about this, or I'm gonna be I'm gonna be half a bag of cereal in before the <laughs> night's over with. All right, that's all I got this week, homie. Sorry, that kind of that kind of went down a silly route, but I figured you'd appreciate that. So, well, we are as of our taping today, we're 23 days out. 23 days from kick tim jennings days from kick tim jennings man i am it actually feels real now like the 20s makes it feel like we're almost there man we're like we've made it we should get a medal once it gets here i feel like the waiting is a gold medal worthy event i mean it has been I'm, it's been tough i'm exhausted i, I need <laughs> the action so all right well we will be back next week we are going to have a interview with jason hasty um from the Georgia Athletics Association archives. So Jason came on and told some cool stories, talked about the uh, exhibit that he's been putting together that will be on display in Athens. So be on the lookout for that next week. And then boss and I will be back barking with you as well to talk about week two of fall camp and all of the other happenings and goings on in uh, the world of Georgia football. So um, until next week, guys, go dogs, sick them. Go dogs. Georgia's better now.